Oh, man. This is what my life's come to, in case you're wondering. I'm eating cheese right, like shredded cheese right out of the package. Like, like it's cereal? Like a, like a damn, yeah, like a damn mouse. Yeah, you should put cheese shreds in milk. <laughs> Eat it like cereal. Dude, it's so, it's so bullshit that they call, um, Pascal's Wager. That, that to me is bullshit. Not the concept the name it's like yeah it's like no like that's just like mike's wager that's like jerry from around the corner's wager like us pascal is that like french for like pete or something like that yeah did, did he invent pasteurization did the guy that invented pasteurization I think that was louis pasteur oh why didn't they call uh, it pasture oh i guess it is called pasture yeah <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't they call it pasteur, pasteurization? It's oh wait, they did. That's exactly. That's kind of gross, called. honestly. It's like if you were Louis Pasteur and you were laying some pipe, it's like yo, girl, I'm gonna pasteurize you. I'm gonna pasteurize you. I'm gonna pasteurize that pussy. I'm gonna pasteurize them cheeks. <laughs> That's kind of gross, dude. Like we're gonna make we're gonna make sure ain't no microbes <laughs> in that pussy today. That, that's kind of <laughs> gross. Like using your name as a verb to. What is, I guess, pasteurizing, yeah, is, what is it, killing all the bacteria in milk? Right, when they pasteurize it, they run it under the UV, and it kills all the... That's gross, Organisms dude. or whatever. We're going to sextonize. What would your revolution in medical... What would your intervention Medicine. in scientific public health be? What would be, the, what would be sextonization? Hmm. That's a good question. Would you... Um, what? Is that when you, like... Rid a house of spiders? Are you pro spider? I can't remember your stance on spiders. I don't really kill bathtub spiders. I I relocate. I rehome them. You re okay? That's good. To my back porch. I'm glad to hear that. Say so go on, go on, young king. Hmm. Uh, my what would my contribution be? Oh uh, hell. I mean, what's the hmm. social problem we need fixed? Hmm. Um, like Wi-Fi. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, everything's pretty good. Everything you're right. Everything's great. There are no social problems. That's that's true. I think my country when you get sextonized, it's when um it's when your your creditors make a mistake in your favor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they just like randomly forgive a debt for no good reason or something like that. Okay, that's good. I don't know if that's a good one, but that's what that's topical today because I I had a negative mark on my credit report this morning from a company that I've never even done business with. Oh. You got to watch them, man. I've never had Spectrum Internet, and yet they they maintain I owe them six hundred dollars. It's it's like that Supreme Court case about the gay couple in Colorado who asked the website designer to design their wedding website but the gay couple never existed it's like <laughs> isn't it colorado yeah it's colorado 303 creative v elanis it's it's i don't i don't know i read an article in the new York, new republic about it it had like the couple at the center of it that started the whole thing never existed it was like a fake inquiry to this website development 
person who only wanted to make websites for straight couples. It was like an inquiry from a quote unquote gay couple. But it's like once you look into it, the inquiry was made a day after the lawsuit was filed. And like the person whose name in which the inquiry is, is apparently not gay. He's like married to a woman and has a kid. It's like, a, it's weird. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Like, I probably like didn't complete explain fiction. It. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I guess I could, probably didn't explain that well, but it, it's honestly kind of confusing even to me. That's kind of like, uh, have you heard this new Pusha T song where he's going at Jim Jones, but he claims not to have made it. And so everybody thinks it's like an AI disc, but it's like surprisingly close to something he would say and actually kind of better than his first salvo in this little back and forth we're we're so close to that it's so it's so hilarious how close we are to just ai just um ruining marriages like sending text messages to people's phones from like um you know scorned mistresses that just don't exist or or you know what i mean like just ai going crazy not out of chaotic energy or like wanting to see the world burn but just because that's what ai does it's kind of like a rabid bulldog or something it's just fucking it's just like it's a sort of ornery in nature needs to be put down <laughs> it's ornery in nature. I, th- I think i've got i think i've got a different thing for sex denized uh-huh so like for example if like something sex denized it's like masks maybe a potential health problem you have yeah so if you have like sex nice toilet paper like blood won't show up on it like when you wipe your ass <laughs> so it's like if you have a health problem that you'd rather ignore like that's that's getting sex tonight. that's getting <laughs> sex nice toilet paper is when you're wiping your ass and your ass has been bleeding for like every day for three months but it won't show up on the toilet paper so you're so now you're like or maybe unbeknownst to you, you don't know what sex denized is, so you just like, ah, eh, well, I guess I'm good. And they're like, no, man, no, you really need to see a physician. <laughs> You're using sex denized toilet paper. What's that? It's like, well, there was this guy that just didn't want to address any sort of troubling symptoms, so he, he created in a products world. to to mask. <laughs> he lived in his own world, a world of fantasy. It's like all your thermometers stay at 97.8 or whatever. <laughs> Not, 98. Yeah, 90, 98.6 degrees. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. and, it like, and, the, and it works by like placebo. So like if you see like normal readings, normal talk, <laughs> like you, your, your brain sends a message to your body. <laughs> it says everything's okay and everything is okay because of that. Just mind over ma- it's mind over matter. Right, right. It's like you hawk up um phlegm and you spit it into sexonized Kleenex. It's gonna look just clear just not, clear as a bat. Just clear as a not gonna be green. <laughs> no, not as soon as it hits, it's just clear. Like, well, I feel like shit, but I mean the the results don't lie. I mean Oh shit, dude. <laughs> And then your friends like just see you like withered and looking like absolute hell, and they go, "God damn it, he's been you've been buying the sex sexonized <laughs> Kleenex and talk." People, you know, like there's always something like that. People want off the market because it's like yeah. shitty or something. It's like people buying entire sexonized like kitchen <clears throat> appliances or furniture. It's like you spit in the sink. Not there's not going to be any blood. It's not going to show any blood. Yeah. Or um. 
or uh, like a sextonized, a sextonized computer. Like you're not going to see your gnarled hands, like gnarled from arthritis, or right. uh, from fingering too many dudes. You're right. instead you're going to see pristine, you know, beautiful piano player fingers. Yeah, Se- a sextonized yeah. piano. Sextonized <laughs> piano. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to think what a sextonized condom would look like. But. <laughs> just, <laughs> I guess condoms are a sextonized product in a way already. <laughs> right. It's just assurance that nothing bad will happen, even though you Nothing's know something wrong. bad will probably happen, even if not physical in nature, at least perhaps emotional or spiritual. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that looming sense of dread. <laughs> like, I always, like, go to sleep racked with dread, and I wake up racked with dread. Uh-huh. But with the new sex and I sleep mask, <laughs> that's gone away now. <laughs> you know. It makes... It, it removes... Sex and I sheets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It removes all of the um, figures of regret. The people you've ca- caused pain... And anguish to remove those figures from your dreams so that you only yeah. encounter people in your dreams who don't remind you of how much of a a piece of shit you are and et cetera. Yeah. You're only visited by good, wholesome entities that uh, <laughs> or people you'd like to meet in the real world, you know? You're never reminded of your past in any way. <laughs> no transgressions. No. Uh-huh. It's uh so, you know. If Apple really wanted to do something with these $4,000 goggles, that's the way it should be. Uh, totally. The Apple Vision Pro should just give you, rid you of any guilt, shame, or concerning symptoms. <laughs> 100%. So, pa- pastor, man. Pasteurization. I, I just think that that's an interesting thing. Uh, well, I guess I was thinking, I, well, I guess I confused him with Pascal. Late. Okay, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought Pascal's wager was like a 19th century thing. It's actually a 17th century thing. Did you know that? Uh, I know it goes back farther. Pascal's wager isn't that basically saying that like you hedge your bets on which religion is correct? Yes. Like Basically, you become a Christian just in case the Christian God is right. Re- it's kind of the dumbest thing. I love it. No, you're right. In a way, but... <clears throat> it is. It's honestly... Well, the reason why I say, like, naming it is bullshit is because, like, so many people do it. It's like, Pascal can't have ownership over Pascal's wager. It's like, yeah, we all make this wager every day. <laughs> it's all our wager every day we wake up. But, I was, but I've always been let, like, assume that, like, Pascal is, like, saw no conflict with, like, being a Muslim and a Christian and a, a Jain and a Buddhist and a Hindu and a... Mm-hmm. Because... One of them's got to be right, right? <laughs> the, Very 17th century problem to have. I'll serve all the gods just in case <laughs> one of them is correct. Well, it's interesting. It's like, you know, the interesting thing about belief in God and, and, and belief in an afterlife is that there are no penalties for believing in an afterlife. You really can go to the grave... 1000% assured that you will 
see all your friends and loved ones, not the ones that you caused pain and remind you of your own flaws. Sex denies afterlife. <laughs> it's a sex denies afterlife. <laughs> you can believe. In the it. afterlife just is sex denies the nature. <laughs> exactly. There'll be no more pain, Lord, no more sorrow. That's the sex denies world. That's the sex denies the exactly. It's like you can believe in a sex denies afterlife and there are no penalties or consequences. You And like you can be blissfully serene in that on your deathbed and there's no penalties for it and that's amazing i I wonder if any single human being has ever went to their death like not just terrified of the void i don't know i I, is it possible i've known some christians that are just like 100 percent, just like well my my lord and savior is waiting for me and i'm always like damn in the back of my mind i'm like well, that's easy to say till the doctor says you got stage five pancreatic cancer and five days to live. Then let's see how fucking no. persuaded they are. I mean, like on their deathbeds, they've been really? like this. Yes. Damn. That's impressive. I mean, you gotta. I guess you gotta think that, like, even the the uh, the guys who like blow themselves up for the twenty seven virgins waiting them. I mean, honestly, that's a pretty good wager right there. It's like, <laughs> Brother Twain, <Hey. laughs> seven virgins. Hey, the... I, this is <laughs> the wager, as a, according to Wikipedia, the wager uses the following logic: God is or God is not. Reason cannot decide between the two alternatives. A game is being played where heads or tails will turn up. You must wager. It is not optional. Let us weigh the gain and the loss in wagering that God is. Let us estimate these two chances. If you gain, you gain all. If you lose, you lose nothing. Wager then. I see what Pascal's <laughs> wager is then. No, yeah. it's like the old. It's like the old canard they used in church. Guys, if you've lived a good Christian life, moral and upstanding, and you die and God's not real, you've lost nothing. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But if you don't do that, <laughs> and you die and God is real. Then you've lost everything. I love that. Like, don't say that. Don't say the first part of that. Never say that. It's just like, wait. So you're you are suggesting that God actually might not be real. <laughs> there's a chance. So you said there's a chance God might not be real. <laughs> like you can't say that here. That's the problem. But that's also the problem too, right? With like these guys that say that God talks to them directly. Mm-hmm. Because like that's just scripturally not right, you know. Because it's it requires faith, which you is, you know, what is it? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith. That's the thing about the Bible. There's faith is too many things in it. It's also a mustard seed at some point. Faith is like, you know what I mean? Like a mountain, a mustard seed, a, a sprig of mint. Yeah. A uh, a newborn colt. Uh, <laughs> A well-worn uh, donkey. <laughs> There's too many metaphors for faith in the Bible. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Also, fear will save you, according to the scriptures. Fear of God. Yeah, the Bible says that some are some are saved by faith, others by fear. That's interesting. Let's start a fear church. There's a bunch <laughs> of people just scared out of their mind of everything all the time. Like, listen, everybody else is doing the faith angle. Right here, we're just. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're sticking with what we know. That's being terrified of daily life. <laughs> here's a here's an AR15. You're going to need to keep that loaded. 
It's a terrifying <laughs> world out there. Yeah, you have to be. Listen, it was the great governor Greg Abbott that said you must be prepared to kill anybody you meet. <laughs> that is an insane. I mean, it is insane, man. Mm-hmm. It is insane. I really, the longer I live, the more I believe that the uh, the American Christian Church, the Evangelical Church, anyway, is actually like a satanic techno religion. Uh huh. That's like coded and all this shit, but they're actually just doing the bid of some sort of. Uh, serpent overlord yeah if you really want to dive into my belief system today <laughs> that, that is an amazing statement you must be prepared to kill everyone he meets <laughs> can you imagine every can you imagine person? considering yourself to be like a christian and like the values and morally upright person and then say something like that <laughs> that's insane I mean, it's like you, I, I mean, I don't want to get too much into this because ultimately people's beliefs are irrational and don't make any sense and our politics are not coherent in any meaningful way. But that's just, there's a few things on the surface, I think, still in the midst of an epistemological crisis that we can agree on. And that seems to be that being ready to kill anybody you meet is <laughs> a net negative. <laughs> I was um, talking to a friend who was looking into buying a motorcycle off of uh, Craigslist. And he was going to go pick it up, but he didn't know if he would need help. Sextonized or non-sextonized? What would be a sextonized motorcycle? It's got uh... It's one with training wheels. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't know it, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, but they're invisible. (laughs) Yeah. I guess, or I guess maybe the sextonized motorcycle would be... Because you're you're tending towards something that's way more dangerous than it already is. So maybe a motorcycle that has one wheel, but you think it's got two. Yeah. Maybe the front wheel. Or one that when you when you lay it down, it shoots out like a little soft landing underneath. So like (laughs) you just tumble on the road, but it's just like on like basically a mattress. Yeah. Oh fuck! I laid my bike down. Thankfully, it was sextonized, or I probably wouldn't be here today. (laughs) Honestly, those runway those runaway ramps on highways for trucks that's like sextonized, like personified. I feel like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about the runaway. Yeah, ramp? like up on Pine Mountains, like runaway. Tr- I always wonder what happens if the truck runs away through that though. Is there like a stack a second stop gap we don't know of? <laughs> a second <It's> runaway. Yeah, like, <laughs> you got through the runway thing. <laughs> Is there a runaway ramp for the runaway ramp? Is what you're asking. Well, because asking. you know they're not replenishing that with like sand and gravel and stuff to slow down the trucks. No, you know what I mean they they probably haven't replenished that in three years. No. So what if you just go through it and then it's like, oh shit, the stop get failed. What's the second one? And it's like, uh, mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> um. So it's like he was my friend. He was like, didn't know if he needed to bring help to load it onto the trailer or whatever. So he asked another buddy. And and this guy was like, "Do we need to bring guns?" <laughs> it's like, no, this is it's a Craigslist ad, but it's like, that's that's the that's the philosophy though. Be ready, be prepared to kill everyone you meet. Just Including, like, can you imagine some poor bastard <laughs> like just trying to sell his like '97 Cavalier to somebody for like three hundred bucks, and like you go check it out and. The guy's kicking the tires, and then, like, you bend over to pick up something off the ground, and these guys just shoot you because what? they thought you were, like, 
so that's paranoid what, they thought you were reaching. <laughs> that's what I was like. What's the scenario here? Like, what's the scenario where you would need? It's like you show up and they've already got their guns out and they just shoot you immediately. <laughs> uh, every interaction, in daily life. Like, I'm not against gun ownership. I mean, I'll say that I'm not against gun ownership. But it's like when every interaction in daily life, you have to factor that in. Yeah. It's a little much. <laughs> I mean, it's got to that point where, like, FedEx drivers will be armed, and then the person receiving the package will be armed. And so you, the FedEx driver comes up to your house and has a gun and starts shooting at your house, and you start shooting at the FedEx driver, and the FedEx driver has to try to deliver the package while he's shooting and being shot at. And then he delivers it, and he can run off and deliver at the next house, where then he then has to shoot at the person, has and they to do shoot it, it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's just the job, though. He knows that. You know what I mean? Just goes home at the end of the day and pours himself an ice cold beer. It's like, man, that was. <laughs> I only had twenty three close calls today. Yesterday it was thirty seven. Yeah. Got a little dicey over there at twenty six uh, Crawford Court. <laughs> I thought he'd hit me for a second. But. Well, that's why you need the sextonized life, because you you come home and you've got bullet wounds all over you, or they've grazed your forehead, or you've got one on <laughs> your shoulder. But you just come home and, you know, you don't see any of that. You know, it's, it's, uh, you've got <laughs> you gangrene within a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the thing about the sextonized thing, is it only masks it. It doesn't mean that uh, internally you're not riddled with bullets or you know, very bad damage. It just means you can't see the blood coming you out see, of the wounds. And you don't all. know how bad it is. <laughs> I guess the ultimate sex denized product would be like, um, well, I don't, it's not exactly right, but like you know that mail order test for colorectal cancer? Yes, I've always wondered how this works. Yeah, I, I kind of want to do one of those just because... Like, do you do your own colonoscopy? I have a family history, so I need to do it by like earlier than most people. Is it like unclogging a toilet with one of those drain snakes? Do you, do you put? Yeah, something... like, is it fun to take the test? Like, do you get to like get your butthole played with a little bit? Like by yourself, or... I guess. Yeah. Like, that's interesting. It's like in the name of science, I get to do a little prostate massage or something. Yeah. Honestly, or maybe that's not at all how it works. <laughs> So you can do that anyways. You don't need si- the excuse for science, fortunately. <laughs> uh, like I feel like sextonization is kind of Pascal, the Pascalization, because it's like it's a wager that everything, like if you're wrong, like you've lost nothing. I guess other than your life. If you're wrong, I mean you got you get gangrene and die, obviously. But yeah, put another way, it's like. Uh... Um, life's 50-50 balls you know where um, the things that you ignore either will never ever factor in again or absolutely ruin your life <laughs> yeah 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 um, Pascal asks the reader to analyze humankind's position where our actions can be enormously consequential but our understanding of those consequences is flawed while we can discern a great deal through reason, we are ultimately forced to gamble. Pascal cites a number of distinct areas of uncertainty in human life. So first of all, the first area is uncertainty in all. 
This is what I see and what troubles me. I look on all sides and everywhere. I see nothing but obscurity. Nature offers me nothing that is not a matter of doubt and disquiet. Why is that? What about say, nature? Say more Pascal. You're awful blue for a Frenchman. Yeah. What's what about nature is mystifying? Uncertainty in man's purpose. Now we're talk. Now we're cooking with gas because okay. this is this is where I'm at. For all, for after all, what is man in nature? A nothing in relation to infinity. All in relation to nothing, a central point between nothing and all, and infinitely far from understanding either. True. Sounds like he had a little bit of Cormac McCarthy's maxim of nobody's having fun here, but nobody wants to die. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to leave. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Honestly, sometimes I really, really want to leave. Just being vulnerable and honest right now. <laughs> but it, look, it looks like it hurts too. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, it's the exiting that's not what I'm. Yeah, it does not seem fun. Uncertainty and reason, uncertainty and reason. There is nothing so comfortable to reason as this disavowal of reason. Uncertainty in science. There is no doubt that natural laws exist, but once this fine reason of ours was corrupted, it corrupted everything. Uncertainty in religion, and uncertainty in skepticism. It is not certain that everything is uncertain. Hmm. Yeah. I think what we're floating today is that the two most important, what I'm hearing anyway, yeah. the two most important philosophers unintentionally in the Western canon are two Frenchmen. And one of them wasn't even a philosopher at all, but a man of science. Yeah. And those men, Louis Pasteur <laughs> and Pascal, what's his last name, Blase? His first name was Bla- Blase. I, I've always wondered how to say this, Blaze? Because if his first name is Blaze, that's so sick. Well, when somebody says blasé, as in like being just kind of uh, about yeah. something, yeah. are they referring to him too? They're maybe referring to <laughs> like these men are these two men are verbs. They are. They're they're. You're right. Uh, blasé and pasture. <laughs> I guess blasé would be more like an adjective, but I see your point. Uh, yeah, I guess it. Yeah, their names adjective. have become an words a- yeah. through which we navigate everyday life. Yeah. Some critics have objected to Pascal's wager on the grounds that he wrongly assumes what type of epistemic character God would likely value in his rational creatures. Creatures, if he existed. Interesting. Do you think God values an epistemic character in his rational creatures? Dog. My man's out here. My man's out here saying God doesn't value an epistemic character in his rational creatures. (laughs) I can't. I can't. I can't fuck with that. I know I know him whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is epistemic. Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> epistemic character in his rational yeah. beings. Yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> I th- honestly, this is why I'm saying it's kind of stupid that we would name it after someone because everybody makes this wager every day. But uh, a man named Abu Alalal Al-Mari... He came up with this six centuries before Pascal did. In poetic, That's how it goes, man. He said, the, the astrologer and the doctor, both of them said, bodies are not put together. I said, take it from me. If what you say is true, then I am not a loser. Or if what I say is true, then the loss is upon you both. So there were guys six centuries before Blase Pascal wrestling with whether or not they're losers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did that just this morning. <laughs> I did. I had to take a long, hard look at myself. Say, are you a loser? Are you a loser? <laughs> That's a hard thing to do. It is. 
It's a hard thing to do. Look in the mirror and ask yourself if you're a loser. <laughs> it is. It's a question for the ethicist, I think. That's for you sure. got some ethicist. You got fresh ethicist for us. I do, but before that, I just want to touch base real quick on my own Pascal's wager that I'm making for the year 2024. Okay. Um, this is about Joe Biden dying in October. <laughs> so that's more of a that's more of a pool office pool kind of thing. <laughs> Are you just going to like a room full of your colleagues and just like everybody's like, who's going to win the mass Singer this year? And everybody's like, oh, we'll throw money in the pot. And then you just come in there like, listen, I don't know why. I think President Joe, Joseph Robinette Biden will be dead by November. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think so. I think I know how 2024 is going to play out. And I've, I've, I've arrived at it through reasoning, just like Pascal did. Through logic and reasoning and rationale, um, my my call is that where where where's the inroad here? I don't even know where to start. Let me just say this: I'll say what I, I'll tell I'll tell you what I'll tell the audience what I told you yesterday. I'm utterly convinced Ron DeSantis will be the next president of the United States. I know that you is hear, a you heard it here. That's a hell of a call. <laughs> A guy that's down 20 points to a convicted <laughs> sex predator and a guy that just, it's, it's the new revelation is that he would openly fantasize about his daughter sexually. <laughs> you're, call, you're saying the guy that's down yeah. nearly, you know, yeah. 30 points to that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I know it's, I know it is not... The uh, I know it goes against the hegemonic idea on left Twitter, but I'm just saying I see it. I see it clear as a vision, and the reason why you want to know why I would love to. It would be the worst possible for thing for me and you as both individuals, and most people, and most people, right? Most, I mean, obviously, most people, but obviously, like, I also just see the world in terms of self-interest and like how this affects me, right? <laughs> As do most people. <laughs> Things have been trending so bad for me for so long that this can only be the the only possible outcome. He gets made president. He obviously, like, automatically bans, but, but all the things he would ban like overlap with my life like six or seven times over it's like i i will be uh the paragon of the rock buster in the labor camp although like i said it won't be a labor camp it'll probably be at lowe's or something i'll be the guy like pouring gravel at lowe's you'll have the shit job at lowe's and then people come in and say man what happened with that and they'll say communist oh, yeah ah oh, uh, yeah oh, yeah Let's see. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, kids will kids will just throw peanuts at you from your cage <laughs> where you're pouring concrete at Lowe's. <laughs> uh, I did, okay, the mechanism of how this would happen is first of all, I think Trump is pretty much finished, like the legal stuff, and yes, as you mentioned, it being revealed that he definitely. Not only wants to fuck his daughter, but fantasizes about it at an intimate, like, detailed level. 
Oh, my God. But I don't know. I guess if you're the average Trump voter, you can just say that's fake news. It's all fake news, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, but Yeah, yeah. imagine trying to convince uh, a Trump voter of something that popped up on Talking Points Memo. Yeah, good right. luck. <laughs> right. So functionally, that didn't happen. I we honestly kind of... We all know that <laughs> it most likely did. I honestly kind of feel like in the same way that I think Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was astroturfed by a conservative group to run in the Democratic primary. I kind of... That sounds right. I mean, he's just like out there enough. And also guys like Benny Johnson, that's that like the mildest person out there that's a Democrat, they say is like, you know, like a Marxist revolutionary uh-huh. Bolshevik or whatever. Like and he, Benny Johnson's just taking pictures with him. Yeah, come on, that's easy. That's an easy one to guess. Yeah, and, I th- and it, yeah, yeah. In the same way, I think Ron DeSantis was probably an astroturfed candidate hired by like some Lincoln Project type group. Yeah, <laughs> to run. Like, yeah. there's there's cross there's a cross uh, fi- crossfire here. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but like I honestly, the Robert F. Kennedy thing is very fascinating to me, and I do think he poses a threat to Joe Biden—not a political one or an electoral one, but like an existential one. This is yeah. part of my theory. It's part of the theory I'm building up here that will be completely moot when it's proven wrong in what 16 months. But regardless, yeah. it's it's content and it's eating up five ten minutes. And and it gives you a glimpse into how deranged and fucked up I am uh, on this week of June 29th, 2023. Not I mean, been just, a banner week in the right now. So. No, it's not been a banner week for me. <laughs> um, but it's like the, there's two things that make up Joe Biden's psyche, like his his whole pitch. The first is that he is kind of like a Kennedy in the sense that he's like, the Irish Catholic, like ethnic white, which plugs. I didn't really, I didn't honestly see that, but you're right. He is to use like modern parlance, Kennedy coded. He's, he's, he is Kennedy coded. He's basically Lyndon Johnson. If Lyndon Johnson was a Kennedy was a candidate. Yeah, that is true, man. He sort of melds a couple of like archetypes of like the Democrats of yore. Yeah. He's got like a little Bill Clinton in him, like not much, you know, because Bill Clinton, at least for all of his warts, is, has like some rhetorical and charismatic gifts, which Biden is not exactly there. But yeah, he does, he does sort of meld a couple of like, and that's that's on purpose, right? It's kind of like how um, Mayor Pete has learned like Barack Obama's like mannerisms exactly. and even like voice ticks and stuff like that. Yeah, Biden is. Biden, is, Biden studied the Democrats of old yeah, he to is, create his public persona. He's the synthesis of Kennedy and Johnson. Like, yeah. It's got like the kind of down-home... like Working-class credentials of LBJ. Of LBJ, exactly. And the kind of policies, too, of LBJ, mixed with the specific like, ethnic white experience of Kennedy. Right, and, yeah. <clears throat> and like Johnson, he's old as fuck. Uh, and so like i kind of feel like robert f kennedy was like thrown into there like a sort of heat-seeking missile to like throw joe off to like it's like it's like i was telling you this yesterday all right 
It's like I'm dealing with this right now with a family member. It's like old people, once they reach a certain age, once you get past that threshold, like everything is off the table. Everything you thought you knew about human anatomy and science and everything suddenly makes no sense. That's why some people live right. like 105 and they say it's like, oh, it's because I smoke cigarettes every day and drink whiskey. And that makes yeah, zero sense. I, I, I drink six Dr. Peppers every day. <laughs> That's the key to my longevity. Some people, once they reach a certain age threshold, they they hang on to life like a fucking barnacle stuck to one at the side of one of those ships in the ocean or whatever. They like suck on to it. Yeah. And it like makes no sense. It's like, and the only reason I say this, again, dealing with this with a family member right now, the hospice workers told us they were like, yeah, no, some people hang on for a lot longer than you wouldn't expect. So they, they, they wait for like a conversation they always wanted to have. Like they feel like they can't go until they've finally done the thing or said the thing that they meant to do or said. And it's like that for Joe Biden, that thing was become president. Now he's gotten it. He's already gotten it. Like, what else is yeah. he fighting for at this point? It's like, he, and the RFK Jr. being in the race, the whole point is to lay bare, to make it aware to him that he's old, he's past his prime, and that he's gone. He's already dead. Once you start believing you're dead, you're dead. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Here's the one thing Joe has for him, going for him. He absolutely could do more push-ups than RFK. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Who is just yoked out of yes, his mind. He could. But, yeah, but just optics-wise, the biggest pussy in the gym. Yeah, right. But that's the thing. <laughs> does Joe believe he can? We know he can. Sure. But does Joe believe it? <laughs> uh, if I was advising Biden, I'd say, Joe, you got to believe it. <laughs> you have to challenge this man to a push-up contest and just deny it. No matter how much you just want to crumble... <laughs> Into a pile of dust, you have to keep going until you beat this guy. Uh huh. Yeah. And fortunately, that won't be long because he's got about eight good reps in him. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like if you consider you need, that you need nine good reps, Joe. <laughs> if you consider that RFK completes his mission of killing Joe Biden, which I think is why he's in the race, it's to it's to make sure that he dies before the election. And if you consider that Ron DeSantis completes his mission of finally driving trump out and consolidating the liberals behind a republican candidate that's even more third reichish nazi-ish than trump himself just because he's not trump they'll fucking be fine with it that's they a clear found path. a way they found a way yeah that's a clear path for desantis is what i'm saying yeah they're you're right they are clear they're clearing the path for him dog i'm saying they're it's parting the red sea and letting him walk through it's a greater possibility than we want to admit yes is he is he completely off-putting and not charismatic in any way? Absolutely. Has nothing going for him. No nothing. gifts. He's, he but is. so did Richard Milhouse Nixon famously had Exactly. No <laughs> exactly. One of the He's most, kind of a Nixon character, dude. <laughs> one of the most uncharacteristic global leaders that have ever walked the earth. Yeah. Just this, like, fucking grievance-ridden, like, taciturn, grumpy asshole who just never, never was convicted, like multiple times switched sides like was yeah. a liberal one minute and a conservative the next never had, never had any no convictions, convictions. Yeah, yeah just yeah. yeah just had to be in it like beta yeah i don't know anyways i'm just saying it's a it's a possibility <clears throat> and that and i guess i'm so inclined to think that 
the world will continue to beat my ass, that that will probably be the next way that it continues to beat my ass. It'll yeah. they'll outlaw podcasts, or like leftist podcasts, anyways. Hmm. <laughs> well, it's like so the, we'll the have Supreme to look for a strong pivot. <laughs> the Supreme Court will uphold it. They'll be like, yeah, I mean, to, 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 to today, did you see the Supreme Court struck down affirmative action in universities? <laughs> Oh my God, dude! Yeah, uh, just amazing. It's like, yeah, this shit's starting to fall. And like, I just all the liberals. I just want you to know, this happened on Biden's watch. Yeah, like he could, he could be doing things about this, but is not going to do things about. Oh this. yeah, oh yeah. It's a, it also just lays bare, dude. I don't know, Jesus. I don't. Know. I don't know how you would continue on and like hire higher education like phd tracks and stuff it's like you look around and all your fellow doctoral candidates are just white men <laughs> they're all they're all going to be like american enterprise institute guys like oh the yeah it's just going everybody's just going to be an aei fucking stooge in the academy now <laughs> it's awful and well, if you go to the land grant schools you'll be taught by like itinerant preachers from the mountains <laughs> you know what i mean uh-huh yeah, but in the Tony Halls of the Ivy Leagues, you'll get like uh, the JD Vances of the world and stuff like that. Oh yeah, dude, absolutely. That's why you just—that's why the new university will be podcast up until DeSantis bans them. But people right. playing fast and loose with shit they don't know anything about, like pasteurization. Yeah, yeah, that's but you go Ivy. to you go to the University of Iowa, and you'll be taught by somebody named like uh, <laughs> I don't know, like Bert. Bert Johnson, who's uh, you know has a little church on whatever, uh-huh. you know, and, and claims that uh, you know God talks to him. Yeah, right. Um, okay, I, it's, there's a few things from the ethicists I wanted to cover. If you support me on this journey, yeah, hell, I mean. it's, it's one of those weeks where I need ethical guidance personally all right well you've turned to the right place when you need ethical guidance who better turn to than the ethicist <laughs> why can't i open this motherfucking article why are you um, trying to figure that out i, I think the ultimate sex nice product would just be like aspirin painkillers <laughs> something that just kind of masks things but doesn't address like does yeah, isn't curative all you're right. All in all, medicine now is sexonized. It's all palliative. It's all just like let's kick that can. Listen, brother, we're going to kick that can further down the road. All right, let's not worry about it today. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, brother, you can worry about that. To, what what you don't do today, you can always put off till tomorrow. <laughs> um, I I have two ethicist columns that I think that uh. We need to weigh in on personally, and maybe more for feeling up to it. But here's the first one: um, I support my husband's career with unpaid work. Can I stop? Okay. Wait, wait a second. He's <laughs> got it. We're uh, entering. I support my husband's what with unpaid work career. Oh, like she like helps him do things without compensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like how Harry Cottle wrote all those, quote unquote, wrote all those books, but like everybody kind of his says wife that. transcribed it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like it's he a- just kind of said things and she typed it up. Wendell Berry <laughs> does the same thing, like proudly. 
dude, that is insane. That's incredible. Honestly, like just walking around your living room ranting and your partner is just writing it all down. <laughs> oh my God. How do you stay married? Oh man. I mean, that's, I, you gotta love, you gotta love it though. That, that's support. It's like someone seeing something where no one else sees anything. They're like, oh yeah. Okay. Well, we'll put this. In that's their, they ride for their men. That's for yeah. sure. Um, my husband and I work at the same university. He is a professor in the hard sciences. Hard sciences. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm an adjunct instructor who teaches literature and writing. I frequently edit the scientific articles and grant proposals that he and the postdoctoral researchers working under him write. I used to be happy to help him in this way, but lately I've begun to feel that this favor is just another way that the university benefits from my work and the work of many humanities adjuncts without fair compensation. The discrepancy between the salaries my husband and I receive makes it abundantly clear that the university reveres the sciences, a field dominated by men, and neglects the, hum neglects the humanities, a field dominated by women, particularly at the adjunct level. When my husband publishes an article or receives a grant, the university gets money and recognition, and yet I am not compensated for my role in this achievement. My editing is not trivial work. One article or proposal can take hours, which is time that I could otherwise spend on teaching or trying to advance my own research. Why shouldn't I be compensated for my specialized contribution? For me, this is not an intellectual question. As question, it has begun to make my blood boil. On the other hand, as a researcher at a public university, my husband has limited access to funding that he could use to pay another editor and, as a pre-tenure faculty member, is in a somewhat vulnerable position himself. Should I help him as a loving partner or only do editing work for paying customers? What do you think? What's your verdict on this? Okay, I, I had one thought that came to mind, and I just want to say this right up front. Okay. I'm not proud of this thought. Okay. I hate where it comes from. Sometimes you have thoughts you're not proud of. It, everybody has them. I'm just going to say it. Mm -hmm. No, nah, I'm not going to say it. I just say, say it. it. Just say <laughs> it. No. No, just say it. You could say it. I think she should be compensated. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But are we on a slippery <laughs> slippery slope to asking to be compensated for other things? <laughs> yeah. Like, for example. Oh, you know what I'm getting at. Are you talking about? Um, I'm talking about SEX, Terrence. <laughs> the birds and the bees? Um, that's you got you got that right. Oh no, it's interesting. I do hate that. Did you ever watch that show with Rose Byrne and the dude? And he's like, you know, like he's like the college professor, and like he runs for like city council or something. She basically like runs his campaign. She feels unappreciated. Uh huh. And all that stuff. This is kind of what that reminds me of. Yeah. I think is he at least like acknowledging her role in all this or is he just like soaking all the shit up and just being <laughs> just like at home like raping the reward pat on the butt thanks <laughs> thanks babe I need to know some more details before I can... I got to know more yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll be with I'm I'm with her on this one I already hate this guy I hate him uh, yes um I, I do I would yes ma'am I hate your husband let me say that if I were the ethicist I'd say that up front. <laughs> let's get this out of the way up front okay I hate that son of a bitch but I do want to know what exactly kind of scientists he's researching here because 
Okay, if it's astrophysics, uh, if it's astrophysics and his partner who's in the humanity, okay, okay, okay. I guess I, I, I need to know some really crucial answers here because if it's like medical science, microbiology, um, uh, you know, what do you, you know, medicine, anatomy, these these things that have like life or death import to our lives, but like someone with an English degree is just like editing them and just like fact checking them and just like, all right, looks good. <laughs> looks good, yeah. That's kind of concerning. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. I, I, but cool. I, I think that's cool. I still support her in this. Obviously, I do. Yeah, I just think there needs to be other measures too. And it's like, this is nothing against painters. I love painters. I was raised by a painter, but uh, a commercial painter, not like an artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know that I want a painter uh, editing a paper about, uh, you know, the latest advances in oncology. Yeah, it's like, or it's like a commercial painter weighing in on the uh Sistine Chapel or vice versa. You wouldn't want Michelangelo yeah. weighing in on you know a house painter do it, redoing the outside yeah, of I it. don't yeah, I don't <laughs> want uh I don't want Fareed Zakaria showing up to the job site and telling my uncle how to paint a fucking western auto, you know Exactly. What I mean? Exactly. Now I was also raised by chicken fighters and I would probably trust chicken fighters to edit about any kind of academic <laughs> paper. It's exactly it's like asking a bulldog fighter to weigh in on a chicken fight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, yeah. It's like yeah. These things are sim related but way different. <laughs> yeah. Are we both committing animal rights abuses in the name of you know, making a few bucks? Sure. Uh-huh. There's a lot more that goes into it than just that. Honestly, I I don't normally Everyone knows this about me. I don't normally propose the nuclear option. Obviously, I'm always measured, and I never just go straight for the nuclear option. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Robert Oppenheimer ever said that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Wielded in the right hands, that could be funny. Uh-huh. Richard Feynman said, hey, guys, I think we should go for the nuclear option. Everybody starts slapping their knee like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. Um... But honestly, they need to either do two things. Get divorced or and or leave the university. It's like I mean so it's like this guy could just pay someone. She as she mentioned, he doesn't have a lot of money to pay someone to do the editing on this. But like yeah. is this really the sorry state of affairs at the university that like earth-shattering R&D work is just they're not getting budgets for like editing and fact checking and whatnot. They're just like putting it off onto their spouses. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing too. Academics should never marry other. There's three yes. professions that should never marry somebody of that same profession. They are journalist, academic, <laughs> and increasingly celebrity. <laughs> Dude, you are one. If thousand- you are famous, you have to marry a local yokel. It's never going to pan out long term. Uh-huh. I mean, there there are a few exceptions, you know. Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman seem pretty solid, but you know, yeah. at one point we were probably saying the same thing about Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. That's right. That is, and so in true. the in that same vein, 
a journalist should never marry another journalist. Uh-huh. You know. It's just bec- it's mostly because one journalist is already insufferable enough. But like two? Could you imagine being raised by journalists, <laughs> academics, or cel- or famous people? <laughs> like your whole oh, man. your whole orientation to the real world is just so inalterably <laughs> fucked. Truly. 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 Sincerely. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I would also add chicken fighters in there. You probably shouldn't have two chicken fighting parents. <laughs> one is fine. Okay, one is fine, even preferable. But uh-huh. two but is two, a bridge too far. Yeah. Yeah. Like at least a chicken fighter should marry a dog fighter. Yeah. That's that could work. But or a prize fighter, a boxer, a chicken fighter married to a boxer. Yeah, you have to. You could marry somebody in another blood sport, but it can't be your blood sport. <laughs> That's just some some tips I have for yes, for you know. Dude, there's so, there. we're so much better at this than the ethicist himself. This is insane. It's like we already discovered a a, ser- a truth here. We've gotten at a crucial truth, which is that if you're an academic married to another academic that you've already fucked up that's the reason this is not working it's not about a straight white man taking credit for your work or anything like that like i think partners should you know be partners you know what i mean not to an exploitative level but like you know support each other and yeah et cetera et cetera the problem is you're too evenly yoked yes the bible says that we should be that you shouldn't be unequally yoked Mm-hmm. And that's been used over millennia to say that, like, a black person shouldn't marry a white person, or right. whatever, whatever, that, you know, all that kind of shit. Right. But what the, the scripture was really getting at is that people in the, like, the insufferable sciences should have a clear demarcation in their home life from that. Yes. The, the insufferable sciences? Is that what you said? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're t- you, 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 the Bible cautions about being unequally yoked, but I would caution against being too equally yoked. If you are both in the insu- working in the insufferable sciences, yes. Or if or one of maybe you is. they were saying, maybe they were saying a jacked person can't marry an unjacked person. Right, like yoked in that way. Yoked know? in that way. Right, right, right. That makes yeah. that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's like. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, who was that guy that did the, the P's, the P charts? The P charts? You know what I'm, ta- you know what I'm talking about? Like the P- P-E-A's, not P, like piss, but like, P's. Like it's the, a color of your piss chart? Yeah, what's that called? Uh, I'm totally blanking on this, but I had to, somewhere I was going to go with that. And it's, it's, is it like at the top, like if your P is it, You know, red? he studied the recessive and the, all those traits. What's that, who's that guy? <laughs> Um, Peas. Uh, who's the guy? Mendelson. Mendel. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Mendelson. Greg Mendelson. Yes. <laughs> I think it's Gregor Mendel, but I, for some reason in my head, he's Greg Mendelson. Greg Mendez. <laughs> Greg. Yeah, Greg Mendez <laughs> from Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, below this, but as I had another one keyed up but right below this they have a bonus question 
Sometimes the ethicist throws in bonus questions, and I like that. It makes you okay. feel like you're on Jeopardy or something. All right. Um, the bonus question, dude, this is insane. Early in the pandemic, my ex-boyfriend had a severe mental break. He was hospitalized in the summer of 2020, but escaped the hospital and has been missing ever since. What the fuck? <laughs> he fucking escaped and has been missing for three years? We had been dating for five months. After he went missing, I really threw myself into doing everything I could to help find him. I have Make- to say something here. Oh, yeah. Trump hands. I have to Trump say something hands. here. Yeah. He... If you knew somebody for five months and they've been gone for three years, it's okay to walk away. Because <laughs> uh, I hate to break this to you. They ain't coming back. <laughs> like, an insane person could enter your life for a season. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might date, date somebody for like six months and they end up being like a total fucking Fruit Loop. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. insane. And... Like that's just I, as a as a fruit as a fruit loop. I'm giving Tom permission to say that. By the way, as someone who has I, I didn't mean in the gay way. I meant institutionalized. No, I mean as, as someone who has. Oh, you meant as <laughs> oh, you meant as an actual insane person. as an insane person. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> I said no. I didn't mean that in the gay. Way. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in that way. <laughs> I didn't mean that in the gay way. Um. So, yeah, like, uh, basically what I'm saying is if you dated him for five months, he wasn't your boyfriend, really. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, well, I think that's the ethical dilemma. The ethical dilemma in this is this. I had never met his family before but came to talk a lot with his aunt, who was like a second mother to me. She recently sent me a thank you note and a check for a couple of hundred dollars. The truth is I just finished my studies and could really use the money, but I don't want to cash it. I helped out as an expression of my love for my ex-boyfriend. I don't want his family to feel as if they owe me. Whoa. And I also know that they L word after five months, a little heavy. Yeah. I uh, see. I would cash that money definitely. Yeah, you owe, money. You're owed that money. Yeah, for sure. Also, that's just uh, one of Sexton's maxims. Somebody offers you money, you take it. You don't say no. <laughs> No, you don't say no, <laughs> unless there's some like really insane strings attached. Uh huh. As a general true. rule, somebody's offering you no strings attached money, and ain't time to take the moral high road. That's true. And also, you're owed some sort of like reparations for dating someone for five months and then de- them disappearing on you, and that whole thing being something you- <laughs> and, and, and everybody else too, for that matter, <laughs> and everybody else too. And then you have to explain that to people at parties, like where's Jared. Well, that's a long story. Uh, anyways, <laughs> that guy's currently working at like a, a Sinclair station in uh, rural New Mexico somewhere. <laughs> and you're over here, said, wonder if, if I should take his aunt's money. Uh huh. He's got a, he's got a family now <laughs> or something. You know, yeah, it happened in yeah. three years. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um. All right, dude. Dude, this is the one. This is the main dish. This was the entree. By the way, I learned this weekend that Americans switched that. In France, entree and hors d'oeuvres are switched. Like, your entree is the beginning thing you open with. The hors d'oeuvres is the... That makes sense. Enter. Enter. Entree. Right. Yeah. 
This is another fucking weird thing that Americans just to be quirky and weird. We are the quirky nation. It's like, oh, we drive on the right-hand side of the road. We use the metric system. We do hors d'oeuvres and entree the opposite way. It's like, we love being quirky. We're like, it's like the, this is the, wor- the worst thing about America, is that we're like violently fascist and evil, but also quirky. <laughs> also snowflake. Also dang snowflakes. <laughs> just, that was- really... Hyper-individualism has been bred in us from the beginning, so much so that we've just created problems for, like, semantic problems for the rest of the world, just in the name of, like, this project. Just being individual. It's like, it's yeah, the most spiritually evil civilization on planet Earth, but we're also quirky. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but aren't we, yeah, aren't we just a little kooky? <laughs> okay, this is, the, this is the one that I was saving. This one's great. My wife lives in a nursing home. Can I? You you don't, but she does. <laughs> but she does. So, okay. my life. My wife lives in a nursing home. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> my wife lives in a nursing home. Can I take a lover? You imagine your like your wife is like I, I'm assuming probably incapacitated towards the end of her life, and you want to go and talk about being Polly <laughs> on the pages of the New York Times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the way this is phrased is wild. This has got it. I mean, you got to assume that some of these are probably fake entries. I would assume. I mean, that's an ethical dilemma in and of itself. It's like. Are you ethically ob- obligated to answer questions that are probably false? <laughs> that are probably made up as a prank? Yeah. Uh, but listen to the way this is worded. My wife and I have been married for 50 years. She has been, quote, at death's door for the last 30 of them. Uh, clearly not. Big oxymoron there. <laughs> you don't stay at death's door for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, you tend to stay at death's door a little. Those are short stays, pal. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> like, the most you can be on death's door is, like, maybe a year. This is someone who cheated and is like retroactively trying to not feel guilty about it. It's like, yeah, well, you yes, know, listen, listen. He's been on death's door for three <laughs> decades. I mean, come on, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> been at death's door for the last thirty of them and institutionalized for the past seven years because of her poor health. She's sixty-eight. Okay, how? Your death's door since thirty-eight. Well, okay. Also, once you get married at fucking seventeen. Where are you from? Fucking Pot County? Like, what's going on? <laughs> wow. She's 68 and I'm 71. There has been no love or intimacy for the past 10 years. We can't afford to divorce. I'm raising three grandkids that we adopted. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? The two older kids are intellectually disabled because of fetal alcohol syndrome and will never live independently. My wife will never leave the nursing home. She has full mental capacities, but is also the most narcissistic person I know. Well, I did have a steady live-in girlfriend for over a year, but she and I broke up because she had a tough time dealing with my kids. Am I wrong to seek love, intimacy, and companionship with another woman? My wife has had affairs while we were married. Name withheld. That's it. That's that's, a, that's crazy. There's a lot. That was beamed in. I bet the ethicist, that one floored him, probably. <laughs> the ethicist had to give the Trump hands. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's crazy. She's a narcissist. She's been incapacitated. And she's, she's a, a narcissist. narcissist. Had multiple <laughs> affairs. It's like she's a narcissist. Had multiple affairs. Has been institutionalized for eight years. And yeah, at death yeah, for door some, for, for th- somebody's been on death's door for thirty years. She's been awful fucking busy. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> I don't even know what the ask is. That's here. basically <laughs> saying that, like, that's, you know, that's, like, that's fucking crazy. She's been on death's door since she was my age, 30. You know what I mean? I got lost in the ma- the labyrinth of hatred there that I, I don't even know what the question is anymore. That like, oh, is yeah. 100% a guy looking at his, his life and being so dissatisfied with how it shook out. Totally. <laughs> oh, so well, yeah, back- you know what he's asking is, <laughs> should I go over there and stick a pillow over her face and just finally end my misery? <laughs> like that's what he's like. He wants he wants a license to kill from the ethicist. It's it's yeah. <laughs> he, he deeply resents and hates this woman. He does. He wants, but a doesn't li- want to look like a bad guy. <laughs> he wants a license to kill from the ethicist. <laughs> He wants to sign off on that like he's at the DMV. The DMV for the ethicist. He's like... Yeah, and that's going to be his defense in court. He's like, well, the ethicist said that I... He's like, no, the ethicist said that you could talk to her about taking on a lover, and if she agrees to it, then that's fine. (laughs) Oh, well, I guess in my mind I kind of ran wild with that. (laughs) It's one of those things where, like, the question is asked by someone who is so loathsome like so so disgusting it's like i can't even answer your question bro i don't even know i don't see the ethical dilemma here the ethical dilemma is your existence <laughs> like that's that's the thing the ethical dilemma is you fucked up in life <laughs> <laughs> uh it's, oh, the, shit. for what it's worth the ethicist said if the situation is as you describe you should have an open conversation with her about your feelings and about her needs and concerns. We have the concept of common law marriage. Perhaps what we need here is the idea of a common law divorce, but you're finding love elsewhere neat and until cutting. Dude, you're eth- okay, that's you're being way too nice, Mr. Ethicist. No. This this guy he does not deserve anything. He does not deserve he deserves nothing. Next question. You don't get to cheat. Sorry. You're not getting a license to cheat or kill. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> I guess go over there and talk to her about being Polly at 71. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, God damn. That's crazy. <sighs> man. Yeah, once, it, once he got cooking on that, he was just like, yeah, she's had multiple affairs, including with my brother and my dad. And <laughs> 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 she was she was she was slinging that death's door pussy all over the place for three decades <laughs> just the character that it introduces is so insane and unhinged just like, <laughs> that's a it, fake that's a fake one just a woman at death's door for 30 years just multiple infidelities having <laughs> yeah just this woman this woman that's like bedridden and can't live without assistance just like taking every dick in town according to the husband that's incredible jesus christ <laughs> oh dude that's shit. one of the best i've ever seen i don't even know how you top that 
Oh my god. Okay. If that's real, that depresses the absolute shit out of me from top to bottom. <laughs> he hates the kids. He's like hey, these fuckers. He does hate the kids. He said that they have fetal alcohol syndrome and he hates that. Uh, here, here's an ethical dilemma for the ethicist. Do you flag this guy to the cops? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm saying I don't fuck with no cops. But uh, what but if it, you have a geriatric murder suicide situation <laughs> on your hands there? It's just gonna blow up the nursing home. God yeah. Oh man. Uh, well, also, I want to say I, what I said a second ago about her being bad. I didn't mean to imply that folks living with disabilities don't have meaningful or fulfilling sex lives or anything like that. I was just saying that perhaps <laughs> she's not guilty of all the crimes that no <laughs> the husband is throwing on her. Yes, it, it just you're right. It's just like so many accusations are leveled at her that it's like, the, okay, the premise is... The 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 reason what 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 you were saying the reason why it's all weird is that the premise is is that she's physically incapacitated, therefore I deserve to get to cheat, but you you can't also you can't yeah then uh, say, she's she's yeah she's too sick to have sex with me yes <laughs> but then also say that yeah <laughs> she's had sex with everyone else exactly with everyone else <laughs> yeah that's that's what that's what's strange about it. Um, here's an ethicist entry. My child's egg donor is Latin American. Does that make make him Latino? Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, son. Orale. Orale, orale Holmes. <laughs> Latino for sure. Latino not... is one of the worst things we ever come up with. Latino. Yeah. Like the yeah, 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 just you know, you can be like a hundred percent white Latino, and then all of a sudden, ever you know, you're, you know, uh-huh. person of color, even though you got red hair and your family's from Mallorca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is an interesting one. I'm realizing my friends are racist. What should I do? Wow. I like how, like, <laughs> these range in severity from, like, totally deranged, dysfunctional, elderly couple, semi-elderly couple, to, <laughs> my friends are racist, what the, what, what do I do? <laughs> uh, everybody I want to see, it. Look, we should, you know how sometimes people fuck, used to fuck with us on Speak Your Peace and try to do plants? Yeah. We should ride into the ethicist and be like... Um, I'm 37 years old and starting to notice that people look different. <laughs> I don't know what to do about that. I'm I don't scared. know what to do about that. There's so, I'm having, I don't know what you would call them, biases creep up. How can I combat this problem? Signed, accidental racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I love that, like, I mean. I, I late, late blooming race. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know how old this person is because if they're older than eighteen, it's like that's concerning. It's like I remember, <laughs> I remember when I realized all my friends were racist, and I was like twelve. <laughs> so oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, there is like uh, uh, 
the southern man's dilemma when he you know wants to do right is like you're in a, like a work situation somebody makes a racist joke and it's like you're 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 like don't want to be overly self-righteous because uh-huh. like you know you know you, you used to work, work together and you don't want to but you don't want to condone yeah. it either and you just like have to like yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's one of oh, the yeah. worst situations, most uncomfortable situations to be in. Um, so this person says I'm living in Sydney, Australia. We went into second lockdown following outbreaks in aged care facilities. This is from 2021. Um. Uh, in the city's public housing estates, which have a high concentration of Sudanese and Asian immigrants. The handful of friends I have in the city live in the very affluent eastern suburbs, yet they are fuming over the fact that we are inconvenienced because of people who they repeatedly refer to as these ethnics. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, That's a very Australian thing to say. Okay. That's insane. It's like... Like... I feel like that's almost like Nazi type racism. Okay, in the vast thing of racism, I'm not excusing any kind of racism at all, but I'm saying that I, I grew up with people who just said casually racist things, but then there are people for whom racism is like a way of life and like an organizing principle. It sounds like these people are of the latter, in which case, yeah. run, there aren't even any principle like qualifications to this. Just get the fuck away uh, from them. Affluent Nazis are are uh, yeah. You just there's just there ain't nothing more to talk about here. Tex, no, get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Um, damn, a friend shot a biting dog. I'm in shock. What should I do? Uh, am I being unkind by rejecting my father's gifts? Um, is it okay that my sister secretly records our dad for laughs? Um. I should I warn my ex's fiance about his? Sh- do what? Wait, should I wait? You know, keep going. Should I warn my ex's fiance about his cheating heart? Mm. Should I warn my ex's fiance about his cheating? Yeah, you know, like if you were, um, oh, like if you broke up with somebody and, and you, knew you saw they had the cheated or something, and you right. saw them, yeah, about to get married. Uh, that one's easy. No, no, no. Mind your business, business. lady. Yeah. What should I do about the abusive mom down the hall? Um, What do I owe to an impoverished villager I befriended abroad? (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, a a micro loan at a very competitive interest rate. (laughs) God. The things people struggle with sometimes range from I can't even fathom that to this is what occupies that this is what burdens you. Well, I have some real problems to God damn. Um, let's see. Uh, how do I deal with cheating in the age of Zoom? What does that mean? Um. Can I stay friends with someone who voices racist views? Okay, now we're just retreading ground here. It's like yeah, this is, <laughs> if I was the ethicist, I'd say, see, yeah, <laughs> see the yeah. copy and paste. I would just copy and paste. Yeah. <laughs> All of his advice too is very boilerplate. It's like you could talk to the person and get their feelings on it. Oh, dude, his advice is so mundane. It's so boring. It's like 
He basically, it's like we said on the last episode we did about him. It's a, it's a filibuster. He's the advice column filibuster. He just, yeah. He just spits shit out until you forget about what your question was. And he's like, all right, gotcha, bitch. Time to cash my $100,000 check for this month. Can you imagine, though, like really being burdened by racism in the world and thinking, well, there's only one man for the job to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna ride into it. <laughs> oh man. Um It's like if you're an adult riding into the ethicist, you may also like still write letters to your congressman. Right. You know what I mean? Honestly, you should ask your congressman these questions. If, the, if, <laughs> if they're not going to be legislating, they should at least be weighing in on ethical dilemmas. Yeah, I'm going to ask Hal Rogers if if my <laughs> wife ends up in a nursing home, is it okay to get some side pussy? <laughs> see what he says. Um, is it wrong to donate to candidates you can't vote for? Jesus Christ, dude. Who fucking cares? Uh... I tell you what, it's not okay to do is to write letters to me asking me to from another place asking me to support a candidate in my state. <laughs> Everybody that wrote me saying to vote for Amy McGrath because they didn't want Kentucky, to, the great state of Kentucky, to be a laughing stock on the national stage. Yeah, <laughs> suck my dick. Well, they, these are the same people that write into the ethicists, though. Yeah, dude, it's true. It's like we're gonna see one on there, like uh, two obnoxious podcasters who I, for some reason, can't ever stop listening to, even though I tell them every week. Even though I I'm tell gonna... them that I hate them and I hope they die, like <laughs> they won't vote for the person I want them to vote for. What should I do? Yeah, what should I do with these guys? And he's just like, "Well, you should sit down with the podcasters and ask them about their feelings." <laughs> uh, Dude, I was <laughs> sometimes when you. Of like older, like more affluent liberals, it's so I'd say I was talking to this guy that good guy, you know, nothing against him, but he was talking about like you know, like liberals do, they're like just weighing the merits of everything, right? Trying uh-huh. to judge everybody on balance. So he's talking about RFK Jr. and he was like, you know, there's there's compelling arguments that he makes about a lot of things, and I knew I shouldn't have went here, oh, but no. I said, I said, well, yeah, I mean. One thing I really like about him is that he thinks that the CIA needs to be disbanded for for the murder of his father and uncle. And he just looked at me like, you believe that? Like, they, they've already countenanced that, like, okay, some people are anti-vax. Like, anti-vax is something I feel like a lot of li- Like, there's, like, a certain liberal that just, you know, yeah, doesn't really care about that. It's not, like, right. a deal breaker, you know, for them. Right. And like they're usually like environmentalists too, and all that mm. thing. Because they they all swim in the same primordial ooze as like eugenics, and in, in a way, right? It, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like there's like an older like environmentalist liberal that's like you know thinks that like black too people, many people should be sterilized, the and yeah, too yeah, many yeah, people yeah, on the yeah. earth, and that yeah, vaccines can cause autism or whatever, right? And but like the thing that was a bridge too far was that Alan Dulles might have had his uh, uncle murdered. <laughs> He's like, he looked at me, he's like, well, you don't really want to believe that stuff, I guess. Uh, and I was like, I knew I'd fucked up. Uh huh. Sometimes it's hard to not put your foot in your mouth. It's like, having opinions can be tough. 
And having opinions around people who are stupid as shit can be very tough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, should I tell my aunt that her costume is racist? Um, I, got, I have to ask one follow-up question to that first. <laughs> like, what are we? how racist are we talking here? Like, she dressed up as a racist historical figure? I think it's... I think she dressed up... Okay, it says... Today, my aunt sent me a selfie. In it, she is dressed in a quote-unquote costume portraying a person of color. I'm reluctant to divulge the person's name as I think my mother and aunt both read this column. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) Shit! I have tried to explain cultural appropriation to my family before, but they think I'm oversensitive. I also have a sneaking suspicion that because we're white, my family doesn't think... I need to be considering these points about race at all. Do I owe it to my aunt to explain that her costume is racist? Hmm. I got a question. Is she dressed up like Adolf Hitler, or is she dressed up like Chef Boyardee? It's it's a person of color is what she said. So it would be hilarious if she was dressed up as an Italian is what I'm saying. She thought it was... (laughs) And he thought thought it was like a Mexican person or something. She's like, my aunt dressed up as Pancho Villa, and it's just like, it's just like some uh, Italian farmer from like 1893. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, you're seeing Pancho Villa. I'm seeing uh, Giacomo Paridi, a uh, yeoman <laughs> farmer from the like, Calabrese region. <laughs> Ethicist says, not having seen the picture, I can't say whether I'd agree with you that dressing up in your in the way your aunt did is racist yet it's worth noting that wearing clothing that is characteristic of another racial or ethnic group isn't objectionable in itself so damn today the ethicist really does become the ethnicist dude that's crazy he's like the arbiter of racism now mostly i know he really is it's a powerful position no one man should have all that power no you get to decide what's racist and not (laughs) I don't know. Like you, you know how you said that everybody, like just like pulling jury duty, every American should take turns authoring the farm bill. Yes, we should just, you know, we should probably do the same thing with like the racism arbiter, <laughs> or all the ism arbiters. You know, at the very least, with the ethicist, every American should take turns being the ethicist, the assi- the assistant. Yeah, it's uh, like arbiter. in the Giver, there was like that person who was the Giver. Yeah. We should all be, take turns being the ethicist. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it should yeah, it should be like a title that's passed along and every <laughs> issue should have a new ethicist. Mhm. <laughs> oh man. Okay, well, on that note, these two ethicists are going to sign out for the day. I I uh need to get on with my day. If I if dude, I'm t- dude, every time I open the ethicist, it's like dude, I just can't fucking stop. It's it's insane. It's like heroin. It's like I have to stay away from it because I will just fucking binge it yeah. until I'm completely insane, <laughs> completely brain addled. I noticed. I noticed you didn't want you didn't want to give up on this. <laughs> I can't. It's insane. It's like it's the type of content that for some reason everybody has. This is I, you know. People in recovery, they all tell you, like, oh, if I wasn't doing alcohol, I would have found something else to do. I've always disagreed with that. Everybody has their drug of choice. 
for whatever weird reason, whether they're yeah. past experiences, their brain wiring, or whatever, my drug of choice is the ethicist. <laughs> Everybody's got their thing. That, and also, in a way, the ethicist can help you stay clean. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It's like my buddy Chris just told me. He's like, I traded heroin for discipline. He's like, it's kind of the same muscle in a while. <laughs> Maybe you're going to do that. Maybe you'll trade your substance of choice just to binge the ethicist. Honestly, yeah. Like, how, how can you blame me? L- listen to this one. Was I right to call the cops on a black man breaking into a car? Why are you asking? It's too late. You already called the cops. You just want to feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most of this, most of the ethicist questions are either like, am I a racist or... <laughs> Like some kind of like post-mortem on a bad thing they did and they just want to feel better about it. They want to either be coddled and or justified. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, dude, I got to stop. This is this is insane. I'm clicking off. I'm doing it right now. I'm just fucking cold turkey. I'm quit, fucking quitting. Um, so uh, please, please go support us on Patreon. Uh, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Drillbilly Workers Party. Some of you have been upping your pledges, and we very much appreciate that. That's solid as hell. Thank you, really, from the Th- bottom of my heart. Thank you. Um, we appreciate that. We would encourage you all to go do that. Also, you get something out of it. And that something is more ethical dilemmas from the ethicist. That's right. Every Patreon episode now... <laughs> From now this on. Is a fixture. Because <laughs> Terrence needs his hit too. <laughs> it's a self reinforcing loop. It's a cycle. Like you give me money to read more ethicists, and I'd read more ethicists to get more money. <clears throat> no. Uh, so um please go support us on Patreon. We would very much appreciate that. Um and uh in the meantime, I think that's about that about covers it. I guess we'll see you over on the Patreon on Sunday. Um, so be careful, stay safe, and uh, be sober and be vigilant. And for your get, adversary, the devil roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's exactly right. It's so true, bro. So true. All right. Well, remember that. We'll see you all later. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>